The Blue Jackets had a chance to do the funniest thing possible in last night's game, and because they hate me personally, they decided to do the opposite of that. So we're going to talk about the loss to the Edmonton Oilers in today's Locked On Blue Jackets. Your Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jay Foster. With me is my co-host, Hayden Hanelson. It's the first uh, show with both of us on in what feels like seven years. So uh, hopefully we are both back for good now. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but we're here to give you the good, the bad and the ugly about your favorite team and ours, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every single day. Locked on Blue Jackets is free and available on our podcast platforms. We are over on YouTube and on Sirius X. Um, today's episode is also brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So, last night happened. Um... How many times have we seen basically this exact game from this team this season of we get two periods of good hockey, two periods of great hockey, frankly, and they fall apart in the third. Um, like that's that it's it, I've, I've seen this so many times with this team and like at a certain point you have to figure out how to play a full 60 minutes. Um, but table Blue Jackets, they uh, are now tied with the San Jose Sharks for the least amount of regulation wins in the NHL. They have nine regulation wins in the 46 games that they have played. Um, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, it's just, it, this is so frustrating. And, and from the look on Hayden's face, he feels exactly the same way. Like, they give you hope for the first two periods. They outshoot the Edmonton Oilers, who are on a 13-game win streak, and you think, hey, maybe they'll do the thing. And then that that third period just kills them. And I don't I don't understand it. Like why why do they keep doing this? What what keeps going wrong? Yeah, there's a lot of things wrong with this team. And it's one of those things we're watching this game last night. I actually had a sigh of relief when they lost the game because it's what they're supposed to be doing. They're supposed to be losing. They are within seven points of the Sharks for that last place in the NHL, which we know doesn't mean anything because you have to win the lottery, which I, I don't think either the Jackets or Sharks fans really believe they have a chance considering Chicago is going to be down there. And, you know, got to get the Blackhawks back to back up to dynasty speed. So, but, no, it is important for the Jackets to try to get dead last in the NHL. And, and they're getting close. So, um, But, yeah, this was a classic Blue Jackets game in the sense that they have that goal, Kent Johnson to Dmitry Vronkov, which I thought was a great line, by the way. I actually thought Kent Johnson, Vronkov, and Marchenko was a lot of fun, uh, caused a lot of chaos. But – that's just like you have one good play the whole game, and that's pretty much it. And then the rest is 
put on the backs of the defensemen. And, you know, the defensemen, they can't stop everybody on that team. And granted, it was it wasn't their usual suspects that got it done for the Oilers last night. But I'm still I'm starting to see, Jay, kind of what you've been talking about all year. You've been talking about how this defense really stinks and the issues haven't really seemed to have gotten any better. Like it just seems to be pretty much the same. I'm starting to see that because like, what was Andrew Peak doing on that uh, second goal? Like he's just standing there doing nothing. Um, Damon Severson's not very tough. He's, he's not really like, this is the defensemen are just weak in front of, uh, in front of the goalie. There's no bite to him. There's no, there's nothing. There's no like effort to try to clear the puck. It's just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in the right position. I'm never gonna make a play, and it kills the Jackets. Granted, they only scored one goal, so it didn't matter. But yeah, quintessential Blue Jackets game. This was, this is what it's all been like this year. I mean, credit the Oilers. They've won 14 in a row. They're fun to watch. Uh, hopefully, they keep winning because I'd love to see McDavid and Drysaddle go on a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and like that's the frustrating thing is you look at the like you look at this roster, and I kind of talked about this a little bit in yesterday's episode where I previewed the game, is that like these two rosters don't match up player for player. You know, the Blue Jackets don't have a McDavid. They don't have a Dry They might. I still think that Dry is a pretty good template for what Adam Fantilli could turn into. And if he turns into, you know, half the player that Dry is, then the Blue Jackets will have done okay there. But they should be able to hold their own against this team and they didn't credit to Stuart Skinner who was excellent um Elvis not good enough uh we'll talk about the goaltending in in a little bit but I wanted to go back to kind of um the forward lines which exactly the same thing against the Devils the top two lines bad bottom two lines great um, that I, I agree. I like that Marchenko, Voronkov, uh, Johnson line a lot. I still would flip um, Voronkov and Fantilli, but as of as of right now, and I think actually what they did was they flipped Johnson and Fantilli for a little bit last night. I'm sure I saw a handful of shifts that were Fantilli, uh, Voronkov, Marchenko, which is again a, a line that I really liked. But if your top two lines are consistently going to be the worst lines like that's it's just not it's just not good enough and if you match them up against the Oilers like the Oilers put Dreisaitl and McDavid back on the line in that third period um, and they went nuclear like eight scoring chances for two against the McDavid line was fine anyway seven for um, five against like you have to do better than than what the Blue Jackets did last night. I understand that you don't ever really stop McDavid. You just kind of contain him. But you, the top six is going to have to give us something. Because right now it is six perfectly acceptable players. Well, five perfectly acceptable top six players are Jack Rostovic. And they're giving me nothing. You know, Cole Sillinger had a game against the Devils. Okay, fair enough. That line also got eaten alive by the Devils. The Fantilli-Jenner-Roslovic line is doing nothing because they insist on having... Boone Jenner also, I was I was going to look this up, Boone Jenner played again. 
the most ice time of any forward on the Blue Jackets. What are we doing? He's just back from injury. He's just back from having six to eight weeks off. I don't remember how long it has been. He played the most ice time against the Devils and was terrible. He's played the most ice time last night against the Oilers. And again, terrible. Um, Kent Johnson played 14 minutes. Dmitry Vronkov played 12.39. What are we doing here? I don't, I don't understand. If they were playing well and, like, just not getting the bounces, I would get it. But they're not. Like, you could look up basically any, any metric for players like Boone Jenner, who... I want, I want it known. I like Boone Jenner a lot. I think Boone Jenner is a perfectly serviceable middle six player. He is, he is not up to speed from his injury. Um, he is being outchanced. He is being outworked. He is being outskated. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the coaching staff is seeing that makes them think, yes, we have to put Boone Jenner out there. Um, same thing with with the defense um and and i'll not harp on it for too long because i've been ranting for like four minutes now but you cannot look at andrew peak specifically and tell me that he is better than david yurichek you you drag david yurichek all the way to western canada and you still sit him for andrew peak who was just refuses to generate any kind of offense and like was perfectly acceptable defensively but is doing almost nothing he was fine defensively he creates no offense what is he what is he here for you know and i'm it, I, I, it's so i'm so tired of watching this team get shot in the foot by mystifying coaching decisions um because <laughs> that's yeah. what it is it, it it it's the coaching decisions and like players have to be better elvis has to be better than he was last night i think everyone knows that i think players have been underperforming but if they only but... score one goal if they only score yeah. one goal then i'm not gonna be mad at elvis i agree elvis he's we've done this thing with elvis where it's like we love him but he also he's he's not the best like, we know that, and we know that the Jackets have a problem, and we know that the Jackets, uh, if they had a better team or if Elvis was in a better situation, then yes, he could probably take you to the playoffs and win a cup. Well, guess what? The Jackets don't have that team, and Elvis isn't going anywhere now, it seems like, because, one, nobody wants to trade for him because of his contract, which is, okay, that's what happened when you signed him. We all knew this. When they signed that him that huge contract, we knew we were going to be with him for a long time. But again, Jay, like there's so many other issues with this team. You're right. The their jackets, their forwards aren't getting any help from their defensemen in terms of offense, um, and they're not even looking that good on defense. None of them. Like Provorov, like what is he doing out there? Like he's like I don't know. There's guys that I just it's all downhill at this point. Um, luckily, it's turned to where, like I said it's good to be going downhill and it's actually like it's funny like we can laugh about this now but it is also like in the future is this team just going to continue to look like this because it's choppy play it's no chemistry it's inconsistent line mates it's like 
if the, the Blue Jackets are never going to build chemistry together if they're not playing the same guys. Like it doesn't. I understand, like, oh, this line's not working. Let's mix it up. But at the same time, like, none of these lines are working. We've tried everything. Okay, you can't. You can't just. I don't know. It's crazy, is what it is. I know we have to hit a hit a pause, so I'll let you do that. But yeah, yeah. Let's let's take a break, and then I want to keep talking about this line combo because I've kind of noticed the same thing, but I have a couple of, of things I want to point out um, in in regards to that. So we'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets. First, I'm going to tell you guys about Indeed, because we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match. With Indeed, if you need to hire, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and they've got a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You can use them for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster, and they don't just help you hire faster. Uh, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent survey. Um, I haven't had to job hunt for a little bit, but when I did, Indeed was the place I went to. And uh, it's just, it's it's the only one that I have used in my, you know, 15 years of being in the, in the workforce. So listeners of this show are going to get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. So if you haven't been convinced by this ad, be convinced by that. Indeed.com slash locked on. Support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, I want to I want to talk about the line inconsistency because I agree and I was just as you were talking I was kind of thinking about the Blue Jackets look different than they did last year. Um, you know, there are some things that are better, there are some things that are worse and I agree that inconsistency has been a big problem, but then it feels almost like if a line works it gets torn up a couple of games later to try and get a different player going. But when the lines aren't working, it feels like like I feel like this this um Chinikov, Sillinger, Gaudreau line, they had one good game and then have had a stretch of bad ones. And now we're looking at that like, okay, well, they had that one good game, so we'll just keep them together. Um the Fantilli Jenna Roslovic line makes less than no sense to me. Um because Jack Roslovic isn't a top six player. Uh, Boone Jenner is a winger and Fantilli is a center and they're in the, in the wrong place. So like, I just, I, I wish that I had a little bit more insight into why these things are happening. You know, I wish I had insight from Vincent into, okay, why are you keeping this line together? Why is this player continually getting ice time when he hasn't earned it? You know, like, and why are players that, have earned it, not getting any ice time. Ken Johnson had less than 10 minutes of five-on-five ice time last night. He was the best player on the ice for the Blue Jackets in basically every every metric. He was excellent offensively and defensively, and he gets no ice time. And I don't understand what they want from him. Um, but let's 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 kind of 
is there anything positive that we can say about last night's game? So this episode is not just us complaining for for 30 minutes. Like, what did you see in last night's game that, like, has made you hopeful that things are going to change for the better, if anything? Dude, nothing. Nothing. I mean, honestly... Like I really, I really enjoyed the development of Dmitry Vronkov. I think he is an example of a player that cashes in on opportunities, which I've said all year. I feel like the Jackets have just struggled and have failed when they've had chances in front of the goalie and have, uh, you know, blown opportunities. Ken Johnson gets that pass over to, to Dmitry Vronkov. And uh, the Oilers goaltender, whose name is escaping me at this moment, was way out of position. And Dmitry Vronkov banks that home. Like, that's that's what the Jackets need to be doing more of. I know that's a, a cop-out answer. but And if I could give one thing that I want to see less of, um, I can't say the power play was good, so I'm not going to go there. But So I'm just going to keep saying more negative. Uh, Adam Fantilli was also all alone in front of the goalie at one point last night and decides to pass it all the way over to the, to the wing, which there was nobody there. Like I was flabbergasted when that happened because I was like, there's, he's literally passing to nobody. He was all alone in front of the goalie. Why are these players this confused about how to manufacture offense? Like there, there's just so they want to be good. They want to be able to snap the puck around, but they just – they aren't able to. And part of me wonders at this point if it would be better for them to have a different coach. I don't want to go down that route quite yet, but, again, it's that's those thoughts are starting to creep into my brain because this team is just so unwatchable right now in terms of scoring. Like, their scoring's down. And, like, I don't know. I don't know how you solve it other than try to get some new a new mind in there. I don't know how you solve it, Jay. Yeah, it feels it's so frustrating to sit here and blame a coach who wasn't prepared to be the head coach this season, got the job what 4 days before training camp and is like this he's not even 50 games into his NHL coaching career. So like I'm thinking specifically about um, Jared Bednar's first season with the Avalanche. Um, he came straight out of Cleveland, had a phenomenal season with the Lake Erie Monsters when they won the um, they won the the Calder Cup in 2015-16, and then in his first season with the um, with the Avalanche, they were terrible. They had the worst record in the league. They had 48 points in in the entire season. Like it's I'm wondering if and, and he had some of the some of the same things. So he got hired. Um I've just brought, pulled up his his thing. He was named head coach less than a month before training camp. Had to keep Patrick Waugh's assistance after he was replaced by them. Um and then the second season they doubled the amount of points that they had. So maybe Pascal Vincent can be the guy, but I don't know. I am I am maybe clutching at straws a little bit here. Like I don't want to write him off yet because again, we're 50 games into his head coach career, you know, and he wasn't prepared for this. And I think that's kind of 
shown in in a lot of this. Um, I don't think he gets fired um, this season or this off season. I do wonder if Kekalainen is on the way out and if the new GM decides that he wants to make his own coach hiring. But that's I don't think Yamo is going to fire Vincent because I think that's him then admitting that he screwed up with three coach hirings in a row. Yeah, I mean, for one, I don't really, like, I know he got thrown into the fire, um, but also he applied to be the head coach when Brad Larson's when Brad Larson got hired. So it's like he's been waiting to be a head coach. And I thought with the way that the team came out in the fall, I was like, oh, they're, they're actually playing pretty good. Like, maybe this guy is good. And I love what, what he says in interviews. I think he's got the right mindset. It's just it's not playing out. Uh at all. And I know we're in the middle of January and a lot of these players haven't played full NHL season. So I'm honestly going to lean probably more into that. Like Adam Fantilli's playing, he's playing in his first ever game in Alberta last night. And like, okay, he overthinks a pass completely. Okay. That happens, whatever. Uh, I'm sure he won't be doing that in by this time next year. I'm sure like, hopefully not. (laughs) Otherwise he's going to be a problem to watch because Again, a lot of players are just overthinking things, but um, no, definitely. You're absolutely right. I don't think that there is going to be a change at head coach this year. We know that two years is kind of the window that you have because of what happened to Brad Larson. So it's either you got next year to really get it right. And he's going to have how I feel about this is uh, I think you get one year where it's kind of like, okay, it's your first year. We'll see how next year goes. If Next year, we're still having the same conversations about lineup choices, about line combinations, about um, this team collapsing in the third period over and over and over and over. Then we could talk about a new coach. But as as of right now, Pascal Vincent gets this year as kind of like a buy for me anyway. But. I understand where people are coming from in terms of like they've had to watch this team be mediocre for so long that what giving giving it's just extending the window, you know, and the Blue Jackets should be entering into a window where they are competitive. They've got all of these young guys coming in who look good. They've got Johnny Gaudreau kind of in the peak of his career. Right now, he's underperforming. Patrick Laine is in the peak of his career. Um, Zach Wierenski, when he's healthy, is... And I think that's going to be a big thing. Um, hopefully, Wierenski is back against Calgary, um, which we'll we'll talk about in tomorrow's episode. But I think that's been a big loss. And I don't know that people have really kind of looked at that. I think because they're so used to seeing the Blue Jackets without Wierenski for the past couple of seasons, that, like... He was doing great last season before he got hurt. He's third on the team in points this season, and he's been missing for the last 10 games. So, you know, there's there's only... That's terrible. (laughs) That He's third in points, and he's missed as much time as he has, and he's a defenseman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been been rough. It's been rough. Um, But let's let's talk a little bit more about goaltending because the drama just kind of keeps on keeping on. So we'll talk about how Elvis was and what's next for the goaltending in just a second here on Locked on Blue Jackets. 
First, I'm going to tell you guys about Sleeper because we are over halfway through the season right now. And I don't know about you, but I am ready for the season to be over. But regardless of that, uh, you can win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Lockdown NHL Network. They're our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your money in those contests. All you have to do is pick whether guys like McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Gaudreau are going to record more or less of their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. They've also got the NFL, the NBA, uh, baseball, college football. Obviously, I pay attention to hockey because that's the only sport I really care about. But if you care about other sports, you can do that on sleeper as well. Entries can be made in under a minute. And all you need to do to win 100 times your money is correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. Start paying attention, nail your picks, so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Once again, that is code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. All right, let's talk about Elvis. Because since he talked about being mad and pulling the monster out of him. He's gone 0-2. He's allowed eight goals in two games. And I don't necessarily think that the Devils game is on him because the Devils the Devils had a had a good game. I don't think he was very good against the Oilers. And I know that we talked about this a little bit earlier in the episode where, you know, you talked about, well, they they only scored one goal. He can only do so much. But if you're allowing four goals on, what was it, 24 shots, you have to be better, you know? Um, I mean, there was one goal where Erica Branson just checked Zach Hyman into mm-hmm. him. Like, yeah. that wasn't that okay, wasn't no, that one. That one I will give Elvis because, and I know he was mad about it afterwards. I would be too. But why are you, as a defenseman, gonna push someone into your own goalie and then get mad when they fall on the goalie. You know? Just a real a real boneheaded bonehead boneheaded defenseman plays. That was that, that was vintage Erica Branson. That was last vintage, night. And he's been yeah. good this season, you know? Like I wanna yes. I, I feel like I've given Gabranson credit where it's due. He's been good for the team this season. That was vintage last season, Erica Branson. Um So now we come to a conversation of what what happens against Calgary. Do they play Tarasov, who arguably has been worse than Elvis in his last two games than Elvis was in his last two games, allowing 11 goals? Do you rotate the tandem? Do you keep playing Elvis and hope that he gets out of his slump and, you know, returns to kind of the Elvis that we saw at the beginning of the season? Um either because you want to keep him around or because you want him to raise his uh, trade value. Or do you give him a break? Do you play with Daniil Tarasov? Do you hope that he rebounds from his last two poor starts? Like, remember, like, two months ago when I talked about how happy I was to not be worried about the goaltending on this team? (laughs) I miss those days. (laughs) Hey, we still got Jet Greaves, um, who needs to, who needs to play better because the Syracuse Crunch are closing that gap on that North Division. Uh, but um, and I don't I don't pay that much attention to Monsters games. I don't know if that's all his fault, but I've seen they've lost some close ones. Anyway, 
I still feel okay about the goaltending room. Like I'm like, you know, Tarasov, I, I still think is going to have a bright future. Uh, I think the fact that Tarasov and Elvis are both giving up absurd amounts of goals definitely still speaks more to the structure of this team and how it's built defensively. The fact that Andrew Peak is in and out is in the lineup every night. And dude, we roasted Andrew Peak in the offseason. So for us to be getting as much of him as we have, like I can't put it all on the tendies right now. Um, I think Daniil is going to play good against the Flames. If they do choose to do that, I think he's going to play good. Remember, he hadn't played a bunch of games in nine months, and then he played a bunch of games in a row. So for him to get like normal NHL season rest now would be good. Um, now, that all being said, and this goes back to the coaching thing, if I'm Pascal Vincent, I'm knocking on Elvis's hotel room door and I'm being like, you you cool if I play Daniil Tarasov tonight? Uh, and then, like, regardless of the answer, just say, too bad. Like, we're playing him anyway. That's kind of where I wish, like – and I know, obviously, Mike Babcock was not the guy. That's very clear. But just an older head coach that just would ju- just tells guys how it is. Like, Torts. Like, Torts does that. Like, Torts was not afraid to just tell a player that he – like, he stinks right now. And I wish Pascal Vincent would just go to Elvis and be like, listen – you stink right now. We need to, we need to play Daniil Tarasov um, because, like, we got to figure out how to win games. And one of these goalies had one of these goalies is gonna do it. I don't know who yet. I can't believe the race has dragged on this long. Um, be it that Daniil hasn't taken over yet, or Elvis hasn't really taken over yet. Um, it's frustrating, but you just—it's still a competition, like. I know these guys are obsessed. Well, Elvis really is obsessed with who is the number one goaltender in the organization. Well, go go win it then. Like go win it. Like if you would have lost that game last night, two to one to Edmonton, we would be on this podcast today, being like, Elvis is playing his his you know his left leg off right now. Like it's awesome, but he's not. So I don't know. I don't know. There's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could go back to a few months ago when we were all happy. And I'm sure once the off season comes around, we'll be like, you know, this goaltending room looks pretty good, <laughs> but we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably dive into that a little bit more tomorrow uh, in terms of who's going to play in goal for Calgary, whether that's the right decision or not. Um, probably they won't name a, a starting goalie until after we record, but we'll see how it goes. Tomorrow, we're going to preview the game as a whole um, because I don't know that the Blue Jackets and the Flames have uh, faced off yet this season. I think you're correct on that. I am just double-checking. Oh, no. The Blue Jackets won in Nationwide 3-1. to Oh, that's right. That was the hit. That was a... Oh, yeah. That was um, when they tried to murder Patrick Laine. So yeah, I forget. I didn't forget who that was by now. There's definitely going to be some yeah. kind of fireworks tomorrow. So we'll we'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's episode. Um, see if the Blue Jackets can can sweep the season series against the Flames. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. We're over on YouTube. You can find us on SiriusXM, and you can also find the Blue Jackets game on SiriusXM. Catch every period of the Blue Jackets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Uh, Bobby Gallagher does a fantastic job doing the radio play-by-play. Uh, all you have to do is look for Columbus Blue Jackets and uh, 
you will find the game on there. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find Hayden over at Hayden H971. You can find the show at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email us at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on. <laughs>